0: Welcome to another episode of the Waypoint Pastors Wives podcast. Merry Christmas! I can't believe it's here, but it's here. My name is Stacy Bishop. I'm your host. I'm a mom of four. I'm a pastor's wife, and I'm here because I want you to always know that as a pastor's wife, you are not walking this journey alone. Thanks for hanging with us today. Let's jump into the episode. Hello, friends, and Merry Christmas week. I am still in shock that it's Christmas week. Um, not sure what happened to November, but here we are, and it's December, the end of December. Um, anyhow, we are taking a break from our Being the Church series this week and just talking Christmas. I am a big fan of Christmas. When we first got married, Craig and I... Um we really struggled to not want to decorate very early on. Our first year, we didn't because we had to save money to buy a Christmas tree. But the second year, we were married. The Christmas tree was up before Halloween. Like, no lie, before <laughs> Halloween. We have always been early decorators. Um, we love Christmas. This year, we put out lots of extra Christmas lights outside. We inherited Craig's parents' nativity, like the old blow-mold vintage nativity set, and it is awesome. We are having so much fun with people slowing down to look at our Christmas lights. We actually had somebody stop and pull over in the ditch earlier this week and get out of the car and go take selfies with our nativity set. It was the strangest thing ever, but we are in full Christmas mood, full Christmas mode, and I love it. He uh, he may love it just as much as I do, and it's hilarious. But one of my favorite things about Christmas are the traditions, of course. I love that when we decorate the Christmas tree, we watch White Christmas. And I love just the whole season of Christmas, the traditions that we do, the movies that we watch, the going to look at Christmas lights. Every bit of it just feels a little bit magical. And so I hope that you all are doing well as we are in the full midst of this crazy season. And I hope you're not spinning in the chaos of plans and parties and things to come in the next week or two. But you're married to a pastor, so my guess is you're busier than you'd like to be. Our family, I don't know how or why, because it's never happened before, but we are surprisingly more prepared for Christmas than usual. Our shopping has been finished for a bit. Even all of the presents are wrapped. I just keep waiting for the other shoe to drop for me to realize that I've forgotten something seriously important and that I'm not nearly as prepared as I think I am. But here we are, and it's Christmas week, and I think we're okay. You know, it doesn't seem to matter how busy and chaotic things are during the day, there is just something calming and almost magical about sitting in the living room that's solely lit by the Christmas tree. The warm glow just makes my heart well up with thankfulness and gratitude for this season and for my savior. And I am like a hundred percent a fan of leaving up the Christmas tree year-round just because the lights are gorgeous. But when it came to deciding what to share for this Christmas episode, I knew we might all need a little extra encouragement to just sit and be present in what this season is and what it means for us. Way beyond just the warm, cozy feelings and the extra time with family, the true meaning of Emmanuel, God with us. Speaking of traditions, Christmas Eve is always, always my favorite night of the year. I didn't grow up with a Christmas Eve service, but there is just something about a candlelit Christmas Eve service, singing the Christmas carols that tell of our people and the anticipation they had as they awaited for a Savior, and of what that night of his birth may have been like, and the worship of the angels and the shepherds, and it's just special. It's the night where God truly feels like Emmanuel to me, God with me. His presence just feels so palpable that I hate when that service ends. It is my favorite night. And Christmas Sunday, what a beautiful day to get to celebrate with our church families. And it's such a special thing when Christmas actually falls on Sunday. If you've ever watched the TV show, The Office, you may recall a certain Christmas episode where the boss, Michael Scott, whines about The Office's Christmas party and how much he's hating it. And he says, happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry, your party is so lame. Well, this year, the party will not be lame because it cannot be more special than having our Sunday celebration actually fall on Christmas. Yes, obviously, there's historical evidence to prove that that wasn't the actual date of Jesus's birth, but it's when the world has formally celebrated Christ's birth since the year 336. I just had a desire to to research that when I was writing for this episode, and 336, I had no idea. That's such a long time and such a rich history behind such a big part of our salvation story. Unfortunately, I've heard even some pastors and pastor's wives complaining about the time away from their families on Christmas this year. While I want to encourage you today, I also want to hopefully help you shift your perspective because this holiday, this celebration, it isn't about us. It isn't about opening presents. It's not about whatever traditions we've built in our families it's about Jesus. If we can truly shift our focus to that, it should make our Christmas Sunday even richer in meaning this year. And I know we all know this, it's the right answer, but clearly we don't all actually mean it or I wouldn't have heard these complaints this year. So sorry, not sorry. Jesus deserves the attention, let's stop with the pity parties and be grateful for this opportunity to reinforce in our children and in our congregations, even further, the true meaning of Christmas. I came across this writing from Tozer about Christmas that I think fits with this perfectly. He says this, Throughout the Western world, we tend to follow the poet and approach Christmas emotionally, Instead of factually, it is the romance of Christmas that gives it its extraordinary appeal to that relatively small number of persons of the Earth's population who regularly celebrate it. So completely are we carried away by the excitement of this midwinter festival that we are apt to forget that its romantic appeal is the least significant thing about it. The theology of Christmas too easily gets lost under its gay wrappings, yet apart from its theological meaning, it really has none at all. A half-dozen doctrinally sound carols serve to keep alive the great deep truth of the Incarnation, but aside from these, popular Christmas music is void of any real lasting truth. The English mouse that was not even stirring, the German tannenbaum so fair, and lovely, and the American red nosed reindeer that has nothing to recommend it have pretty well taken over in Christmas poetry and song. These, along with Mary Old St. Nicholas, have displaced Christian theology. We must not forget that the church is the custodian of a truth so grave and urgent that its importance cannot be overemphasized, and so vast and incomprehensible that even an apostle did not try to explain it. Rather, it burst forth from him as an astonished exclamation. We read in 1 Timothy 3.16, Beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world. This is what the church is trying to say to mankind. But her voice these days is thin and weak, and scarcely heard amid the commercialized clangor of Silent Night. Tozer always has a way of getting right to the point, doesn't he? Let's make sure we're not a thin, weak, and scarcely heard voice this Christmas. How can we do that? By not rushing through Christmas Eve and Christmas services to get on to the part of our celebration that the world deems more important. So I want to give you a quiet opportunity to just sit and listen to the Christmas story. Not in the middle of a service when you're serving and not necessarily listening or during a rehearsal for a Christmas Eve service, but take a minute, close your eyes, stare at your Christmas tree or whatever you can do to quiet yourself. And let's hear this beautiful story together with select passages from the book of Luke. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. To Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Father, we can't possibly understand the magnitude of Jesus coming to earth. We can't begin to understand your wisdom and knowledge or your love for us. But I pray for my sisters and their families this season that they would be filled with your love and joy, that they wouldn't miss the beauty of this season and that they would come into the new year encouraged and more ready than ever to love your people. God, we thank you for this year that you've given us for the good and the bad and the way you've used it all to shape us to become more like you. Help us to be good stewards of the things you've taught us and the love that you've given us. And thank you most of all for Jesus. And it's his name we pray in. Amen. Well, friends, that's it. I hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be taking a few weeks off at the beginning of the year, but we'll see you again soon as we continue our series on Being the Church. And if you're one of those people looking to get in some last minute donations for tax purposes before the year ends, don't forget to consider our sponsor, Waypoint Church Partners. Your gifts there help further the kingdom, enlarge the global church, and provide much needed encouragement to ministers and their families around our region. Merry Christmas. See you all soon.